This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we're getting ready for Father's Day, so brace yourself for a talking to. You think financial podcasts grow on trees? Well, put your earbuds in, because we're not broadcasting this for the whole neighborhood, damn it! Because today, we're going to be preaching the best dad advice we've been given and the advice we give to our kids. Here for the dad deep dive is a man who's showing his independence Say hello to the guy who chose FI and who also happens to be a dad, Brad Barrett. Plus, we're welcoming a famous dad whose contribution to mankind has saved all dads from reading the boring stuff. It's the guy who invented the mouse. Nah, he's still busy scrolling, so we got his dad, Len Penzo. And last but not least, the guy rocking fatherhood in style. Yeah, okay, that's a stretch. Oh, gee! But that's not all. Halfway through the show, I'll share my dorky trivia question. And now, a guy who knows how to dad joke with the best of them, it's Joe Salcihai. Put a little extra oomph in your name there, Joe. Jeez. Yeah, I kind of like Juicy. (laughs) Wow. With with that introduction, hello everybody. Welcome and happy Friday to you. I am Joe Saul, CI Average Joe Money on Twitter, and what an episode. Normally, we have a bunch of diverse voices, and today, we're diverse in one way. We all have different dads. Well, allegedly, have different have different what? dads. Allegedly? Is there controversy? <laughs> I don't even know where this opens going, but it's Father's Day, so we have a bunch of fathers here. Let's start off with the gentleman across the card table from me. Mr. OG is here. How are you, my friend? Happy Father's Day weekend. Okay, to you too. Uh, I'm fantastico. Uh, I was thinking about Father's Day plans, and I was thinking that all the commercials are like, go play golf with dad and stuff like that. And it's like, so on Father's Day, I have to hang out with my kids? (laughs) (laughs) What do you want for Father's Day? I want you to go for a long walk. Silence. I would like two cigars, a bottle of bourbon, and silence. Let's give our listeners a little bit of uh, context for people new to the show. OG, how old are your kids? Uh, 16 and 14 almost and seven. Awesome. And let's, before we have our special guest, 
come to the mic. Let's go deep under Los Angeles, where in his bunker, Mr. Len Penzo's here. Happy Father's Day to you, man. Thank you, and same to you. Uh, I want to apologize to OG. I know I was late, and I know you're kind of pinched for time today, but you know there was a disaster right off the coast of the Channel Islands here, and I was watching the news, so I got caught up with it. Apparently, a red ship and a blue ship collided, and all the sailors mar- were marooned. Oh, man. <laughs> It's <laughs> just that's a dad see. joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that, oh, is that what that was? Thanks for sharing. Oh, that's, that's good. A dad wow. joke. No idea that was a dad joke. Wow. And here, oh, you wondering. Were, you thought it was real. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wondering. Oh, uh, Len, before we go to our special guest, uh, your kids. Want another how joke? Old, no, please, God, no. Uh, <laughs> did I say that too quickly? Uh, how old are your kids, Len? Uh, they are 26 and 20. Uh, <laughs> See, this is what happens. Oh, your kids man. get older. I don't know, 23 or 24, 23, 23. I won't even ask them what their names are, Doug. 20, have no idea. <laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, Nina was 23 or 24. She's 23. Oh, just to prove he flexes and says Nina, just to make sure everybody knows that he knows. And the guy wondering what the hell he's doing here. And a guy who, by the way, we had his former co-host on a couple times, but we have never had the Brad Barrett here from Choose FI. It is about damn time, Brad. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. I can't believe it's my first time on the show. And yeah, I don't know exactly what I've walked into here, but it should be fun. <laughs> How does it feel that we had your former co-host on before you? Does that hurt at all? Is there a little sting there? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Jonathan's a little funnier than me, so I think it. Uh, he, he's the more uh, appropriate person, so it's all good. Well, we got the guy who treats podcasting like a marathon here, not a sprint, Brad. Ah. We got the guy with longevity <laughs> like here, nice finally. Save, yes. Happy Father's Day to you, by the way. How old Thank are your kids, Brad? I have two daughters. My older one is 15, and my younger one is 11. And it's funny because we're talking about uh, needing uh, maybe the perfect Father's Day is time away. So on Mother's Day... My wife wanted a day to herself, so I took my kids to King's Dominion, the amusement nice park. Nice job. Yeah, I know we're, we're massive yeah. uh, amusement park fans. And I yeah. think on Father's Day, I'm also taking my kids <laughs> to King's Dominion. So Jumping on that grenade. I, I didn't huh? exactly luck out, but it's all good. There might be a theme there, Brad. There, yeah, there very I well think. might be. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm wondering, you have teenagers. OG, you have teenagers. Do you guys know anything anymore, or do your teenagers know everything? My older daughter is still in the frame where she still likes me, wants to hang out with me, which is amazing. I don't know what I did. Yeah. To get that lucky, but, uh, also, so she's a massive roller coaster enthusiast. So I think she just uses me as like a, she's (laughs) going to talk to somebody about roller coasters. So, you know, if I'm the default person or plus one, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, gee, your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, some (laughs) things, some things, some things I'm still smarter on, but not, uh, not many. Well, we're going to talk about things that we learned from our dads today. And then in the second half of the show, we'll talk about things that we focus on as dads with a big interest in financial literacy and in financial independence and teaching our kids about money and life. We'll share those stories about how we're helping our kids. But before all that, Brad, you know, I don't know if we went over the rules of the show, but maybe, maybe if you sit down, we can talk about them now. Is that all right? All right. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Take notes. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. 
State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, these are some great rules. You got any more, Joe? Sure. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Weren't those great, Brad? Oh, amazing. Wow. That's a laundry list. Brad Barrett from Choose FI is here. Len, OG, Doug, me, all dad's weekend on Father's Day. So let's go. Well, normally at this point in the show, we talk about uh, some financial blog, financial piece that we're talking about. But you know what? We got a lot of experts here in the dad category today. And, you know, you guys may have learned something about money from your dads. You might have learned something about the value of work and making money from your dads. Brad, let's start with you. What's an important life lesson that you learned from dad about money, work, and life? Yeah. In reflecting on this, I realized that my dad was the very first person I ever met who retired early. Oh. Which is pretty wild. And I never actually thought about it that way until very recently. And I realized maybe in those days it wasn't super duper early, but he retired, I think, at 51. He was done. I mean, he hasn't worked in 25 years now. And he, it it was a a positive and negative to a large degree in the sense that I think he kind of limited himself with like the upside in his job. He was a a lawyer. We lived on Long Island. So he was an attorney for the Long Island Railroad. And he very specifically took that job, even though it paid less than he probably could have made certainly in private practice, but it had a pension. So he, from a very early age, realized, oh, wow, there's something here and I could actually retire early. So this was I mean, quite literally decades before the fire movement. He saw that as a viable path. And I think, I don't remember exactly, Joe, how long he worked, but I suspect it was 
probably 25 years. It may have been 20. Regardless, that was his career. And basically, the second that pension kicked in, he up and retired. And he's been doing that for nearly 25 years now. So I think I learned through example that, oh, wow, you can get off the treadmill. There's actually an off switch. Has your dad enjoyed his time post 51 years old? Yeah, well, (laughs) I think he has enjoyed his time. This is one of kind of my never-ending frustrations. And one of the things maybe you learn from your parents, so you can get positive lessons or, frankly, you can get negative lessons and, and learn from that and either emulate them and just kind of keep on with that potential negative, I don't know, negativity or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Or you can say, I'm going to do the exact opposite. And I think my dad, unfortunately, has spent a lot of the time on the couch and watching a whole lot of sports. He knows more about uh, Gonzaga basketball than anyone <laughs> on earth, even though he lives in Virginia. It's <laughs> and, like Gonzaga is way across the country. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's up until 3 a.m. watching like college basketball games. It's wild. I think he's enjoyed his time as it may be, but I realized and my brother and I realized that that can't be our lives. It can't be our lives to sit on the couch for 16 hours a day and sleep the other eight. That's just not ideal. I've taken it the opposite and realized like I need to be as fit as I can be. Yeah. It's funny, Brad. We have this in common. My dad retired at 53 Mm -hmm. and he did that because he worked for General Motors. Again, looked at the pension, 23 years old, got hired by GM, stayed till 53 and took the early, early out as well. Did a good job of saving and retired young. The thing it's funny that I learned that's the opposite from my dad is that my dad started hanging out with people that were way older than him because when you retire early, everybody your age, most people your age are still working. And in fact, I have a friend that just went part-time recently, now that we're in that age group, who said the same thing. He's like, it's kind of boring because everybody my age is still going. There's nobody to talk to. So we actually, Brad, had to have an intervention with my dad because he started getting the same aches and pains his friends were having that were 15 years older and had to tell him, hey, hang out with these guys. That's fine. They're great guys. But my dad started having all kinds of health problems that we all felt were kind of psychosomatic just from from retiring early. That's why you guys keep me around. I was going to say, oh, gee, do you have some of those same aches and pains that Joe and I have all the time? <laughs> That's right. Well, I think he has more than we have, don't you? He probably does, yeah. Oh, gee, how about you? A lesson you learned from dad? I was thinking about this in the context of a number of people, both my dad as well as both of my grandparents, and they're all vastly different humans. Uh, They had one similarity in that they were all in the military at one point, but otherwise all three of them were completely, completely different people. I've always worked for results my entire life. I've never had a job that's been a W-2 job. And that's not because of my dad, because my dad was a truck driver. He worked by the load or by the hour, you know I mean? So maybe he had a little bit of that. I really wanted to get a paper route when I was younger. And I lied on the application saying that I was 12 when really I was 11 <laughs> and the guy showed up at my house and I was out playing and I'm talking to this man out in the yard. Right. And my dad or mom came out like, well, what's going on here? You know? And the guy says, Oh, I'm with the Bay city times. And I'd like to, you know, your son said that he wanted to have a paper out. I thought I'd come by and my mom's like, you can't, you're not old enough for that. And I'm looking at my mom going on the old part. Like they didn't check, <laughs> you know, anyway. So my dad said, if you want to do this, we're going to do it the right way. So how many people, are on the route, like let's walk the route. And the guy, you know, shows us like, here's all the different places where you deliver the newspaper and this is how you do it. And then my dad said, how many extras do we get every day? And the, and the paper guy said, well, you get, you know, seven or 10 extra papers every day in case one's damaged or something like that. And my dad was my first introduction into marketing because he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take 
the 10 papers that you get extra, and we're going to deliver them to 10 people who don't get the newspaper for a week. And concluding on Sunday morning with the Sunday morning big, you know, because I had all the coupons on it and like that was the big newspaper. On Sunday afternoon, you're going to go to those 10 people and say, for the last week, I've given you the newspaper for free. If you'd like to continue, I'd like for you to sign up. I was like, I'm not doing that. My dad's like, then you're not doing the route. We're doing it this way or not at all. And we went from, I was 11, we went from 60 people on the route. And when I stopped doing it, when I went to high school three years later, I had 130 people on the route. And it was all from that method of doing like a little bit of like, here's the freebie. It was the freemium model. It was like literally like, <laughs> here's the freemium. My dad was like a, a, an internet marketer before there was internet. And uh, all this came out of him just like wanting, maybe wanting to punish me for for signing up for this. And I'm what sure. was your dad's cut of that increased <laughs> subscribership? Did he get some residuals yeah. off of that? No, he didn't get anything. But we had Did to do Did you the, get anything from the increase? or was Yeah, it- so basically how it worked was you ordered the number of papers per week. So you said, okay, for this week, I need 65 per day. And then at the end of the month, the newspaper delivery company would send you a bill and you'd have to pay the bill. And whatever you collected above the bill was yours to keep. So, so basically, you know, they charged 10 bucks a, a month for the newspaper. I charged 12 bucks a month for the newspaper you know, I got to keep $2 a month per person or something like that. So it was really kind of that extra, that extra thing. So marketing, learn marketing. That was the first thing that I can remember from a business standpoint that had a long lasting impact on me. Len, how about you, man? Lesson from dad? Um, Well, let's see. One of the big things he taught to me is there's always opportunities to make more money over and above your typical job. So my dad uh, lots of times had multiple jobs. Um, he had a position that, you know, did what didn't make a, that much money. Well, he always used to say, I never saw a Brinks truck follow a hearse, which was his way of saying, I'm going to spend my money today because I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow. And he, he actually paid for it, especially at the end of his life. But earlier on when we were, when I was little, the man was, he, God bless him. I mean, he worked two, three jobs to, to keep up with his spending habit. He wasn't in debt, but he was spending every penny he earned and he was working extra to make sure that he could sustain his lifestyle. So I guess and it almost kind of sounds bad, but it's really not. I mean, there's always, you know, if you're willing to put in the extra work and you want to spend the extra money, you know, you can go out and, and side hustle yourself and, and, and earn that, get that extra income and not have to be in debt. Did you ever have a side hustle because of that? Because it sounds like you learned saving because your dad didn't save. Yeah, well, uh, not really. I think most of the things I did as an adult, I did volunteering. Uh, so I wasn't making any money off my, off my stuff, but, um, uh, right. That's, that's why I saved a lot. Now that I'm retired, I am trying to side hustle <laughs> wherever I can, uh, you know, consulting and doing other things and having little side things and bringing in money. So I know that for certain, but, uh, even when you're younger, uh, there's no reason for you to be in debt with your spending, if you really want to get down to it, just get a side hustle and make up that difference. You know, if you're spending more than you're earning, that's, it's the easiest way. It's actually a better way than trying to cut yourself down to nothing. When you said, Len, that there was always money in side hustles, I thought you were going here. This is a great, uh, well-known father-son relationship. I think that a lot of people might've heard. Money for the family. Always money in a banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. 
Well, there's money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone down, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. <laughs> Oops. That, of course, very famous father-son moment from the show Arrested Development there. <laughs> I thought your dad taught you that, Len, that there's always money in the banana always stand. Always money. Banana. <laughs> oh, I wish he had a banana stand. <laughs> dad embezzling money. My dad taught me to work hard and good things happen. That the boss, that that uh, to be the boss's friend, like don't be the boss's buddy, buddy. I certainly never had any time for that. My dad never had any time for that either. He was like, don't be a brown noser. But the boss needs a person that when stuff needs to get done, it needs to get done now and it needs to get done on time and they need to know who to trust. And your number one job, I remember my dad teaching me this when I was going to my first job at 13 years old. You want to be that person. Sometimes I think that gave me too much respect for my bosses. <laughs> Looking at some of the bad bosses I had, but that was certainly a big one that my dad had. Let's talk specifically about money. Brad, did you guys talk about money? I mean, did your dad talk about retiring early at all in your family? No. He definitely did not. And yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity. I can't remember one time talking about money when I was growing up as a kid. Not it's at It's funny. All. That's us as well, too. Never yeah. once. We could talk about hustle and work, but never money. When you were growing up? When I was growing up, never money. Like yeah. my parents would have a discussion about money and they'd tell yeah. us, leave the room because that yeah. wasn't for us. As if it's something to be ashamed of. That's something and we're going to talk after the break about uh, what we talk to our kids about. But I've tried to take the exact opposite of that, which is <laughs> keep them involved because money is such an important part of our lives. And like to keep it stuffed into corners and dark rooms, right? Like it, it makes no sense at all. I feel like it might have been a part of that time. Len, did, did you and your dad ever talk about money? No. Uh, the only time, and I, you know, people are going to think, oh, you're talking bad about your dad. But you know what? I love my dad. He was a great man. But the only time we talked about money is when he wanted to borrow money from me, they, especially when I was a teenager. There were some times, despite his side hustles, that he was still a little over and he needed a 1000 or $2,000 from me back then. I had a pretty good job as a teenager. I was working um, at a grocery store and back then- So you, you charge know, your dad 24%? You charge him 24%? No, I, no, no. <laughs> it was all for free. It was only – usually it was for a month. It was just to carry him for the month to get – and he always paid me back. But I mean that's how close he lived – I mean, he's not kidding. He spent everything. And, you know, and sometimes uh, there'd be a month where he's going to be just a little short. And so I'd have to float him a thousand bucks or so. And he'd pay me back. But, but he would pay yeah, Other than that, though, we never talked. We, we never talked about money. I mean, his message to me was basically spend it while you got it. Oh, gee, how about you? Do you, you and your dad ever talk money? Len, before, um, I do think I might be a little, little light this month. <laughs> Something we can work I'm out. I'm tired now. Something we can work out. <laughs> Listen how quick that card got played. Yeah. Oh, I'm retired. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Sorry. I'm a crotchety old man. I can't uh, <laughs> get off my lawn. I see how it is. Talk about money. Um, no, not not a lick. I mean, in my household, you know, my parents, because of my dad's work, was very cyclical and certainly economy dependent. He he hauled cars. And so if the car market sucked, then there weren't cars to haul. And so he would do other things. And and certainly we always had food on the table and the and the roof was always dry, which was, you know, more than a lot of people. But there was a lot of tough times. I know my parents had a lot of financial difficulties several times throughout my childhood that we were the is benefactors the right word of. 
you know, we just kind of got to participate in kind of like Brad was saying through the furnace vents, you know, you could kind of just hear that eh, something's going down. I'm going to stay upstairs for a while, you know, and, um, uh, there really wasn't that, but I don't know if that was just a function of the frustration of the cyclical nature of the, of the income and how it kind of ebbed and flowed and just kind of hard to piece it all together. But, um, uh, yeah, not a lot of conversations. The only, the, the one and only conversation I had with my dad was when I started as an advisor 25 years ago, I sat down with him and I said, I said, you need to put money in your 401k. And he said, I'm not giving those SOBs any more of my money. And I was like, that's not how this works, but okay, dad. Like I wasn't going to argue with him. It was not, it wasn't an argue. I wasn't going to win it, <laughs> but it's interesting that you talked right about your dad and his pension because, because that's, you know, a real common thing, right? Pension, especially a little bit older uh, generation and the pension system that my dad was a part of, they filed bankruptcy. Oh, So the man. whole security of the pension, which was like, Hey, you're going to get, you know, five grand a month or 35, $4,500 a month forever turned to, Oh yeah. Sorry. We're out of money. Our bad. Um, call the government. They've got your paperwork. And I don't know what the details are, but I think it settled in at somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 or 40 cents on the dollar. So, so even that hard work and all that sort of stuff turned into a pretty, pretty rough outcome. How far along his working journey was that when he found out that it was cut? Was it after he had already started receiving? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad retired with, with a shoulder injury. Uh, he's 70 now, maybe six, 68 or something. And um, so he's probably been retired since his late 50s, but mostly medical. And so, you know, but he had accumulated much like all of our dads. He'd been just working his whole life. So he had he had the time in service. And so he just retired. And um, and then, yeah, shortly thereafter, it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, pension's bankrupt. Sorry, our bad. Good luck, guys. Yeah, pretty frustrating. You know, what I really like about this conversation is the fact that we can learn both ways. We can learn from stuff that our dad taught us and things that they didn't. And in the second half of this discussion, I think we're all certainly knowing all of you guys uh, fairly well. We're going to certainly fill in the blanks on how we talk to our kids a little bit about money and maybe people can get some great stuff from that as well. But we're at the halfway point of today's show, which means it's time for our trivia competition. This, if you're new to the Stacking Benjamin Show, is a year-long competition where our three Usual contributors, OG, Len Penzo, and Paula Pant are going head-to-head for the big trophy. People watching us on YouTube will see the trophy behind OG. You want to do your Vanna White for a second? There it is. Brad, today that means you're on team Paula Pant. That means there's some good news and bad news for you. Do you want the good news first or the bad news? Uh, Let's go with the bad. Well, the bad news is you're not winning. However... Uh, for people that have been around this show, they know Paula's never winning. So, so <laughs> Paula, Paula, as smart as she is, usually in last place. But the good news is she's not losing either. We have a three-way tie right now. Len has seven, OG has seven, and Paula has seven, which means we're going to guess in order of how we finished last year. So OG will guess first, Len will guess second, and Brad, you get to guess third, which is the sweet spot here. But... Yeah. Another thing my dad taught me is don't assume when you meet somebody, don't assume anything based on how they look, how they dress, how they talk. You don't have any idea what's going on, which is a way for me leading into Doug is the one that actually oh, has I this knew question. You were going to do that. <laughs> and I know a lot of you are assuming stuff and don't do it. Doug, what's our question, man? There was a compliment in there somewhere. I'm just telling myself. 
Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And Joe's mom's mad I left the milk out again. I don't know why she gets all bent out of shape. I thought she liked warm milk. All old people do, right? She said I'm not allowed in the house for a week, so I yelled, You can't ground me! And I switched off the lights and I slammed the door on the way out like any good teenager does. That'll show her. She's not the boss of me, even if she, you know, like bought the milk and can change the locks on me. Speaking of bold moves, suburban dads across America are known for the classic style of white chunky sneakers paired with black dress socks. These fashion icons know value and comfort when they see it and have now turned their favorite shoes into a trend. The top dog of dad footwear is a New Balance 624. It's good for your back and your budget or, you know, running down the mailman. Their dad's staple sneaker has driven the Boston-based company, founded in 1906, to the fifth largest shoe brand in the U.S. So my trivia question is, with the New Balance fashion trend on the rise, how much revenue is New Balance anticipated to earn in 2023? I'll be back right after I see if Joe's mom left the back door unlocked. I left my wallet on the counter when I was making my stand about the milk. Well, that might be problematic, uh, but as Doug figures that out, New Balance 2023, OG, you've got uh, five or six uh, pairs of New Balance to go with your black socks. I was going to ask how many many you guys have. I I actually don't have any New Balance. Len, do you have any New Balance? I have nothing. No, I don't. No, Brad. Come on, Brad. (laughs) No, I got zero. I used to wear New Balance, but I'm out now. (laughs) How about the jorts? Do you have the jean shorts, Brad? I know you do. You look like a jort guy. Yeah, I rock those things all the time. (laughs) And the cell phone belt clip. (laughs) (laughs) The beeper. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Right, the beeper. I've got the uh, hiking pants that unzip. Oh, those are sweet. Yes. That's, (laughs) yeah. So they can become shorts. That's good. But uh, OG, uh, let's give this a whirl, man. New Balance in 2023. New Balance. How much money is New Balance going to make? Is that's the question? What's their revenue? Their revenue. Yeah, revenue, not profit revenue. So top line money from New Balance. As quite often, I just kind of zoned out while Doug was droning on. <laughs> Why is there so were much there any today? other? A, were there any other points of data? We can't tell given? you. If okay, you can't just, follow the trivia, you don't get any help. Okay. I think good. I think my my dad taught me that too. Yes. Yeah. Snooze you lose. I am going to say that New Balance is I feel like they're smaller than Nike. Nike seems like a big company. You don't see a lot of advertisements for New Balance. So that that's going to struggles for them. I'm going to peg their revenue at a whopping 794 million. $794 million. Mr. Penzo, what do you think about that? He high or low? God, that sounds low to me. But it is New Balance, right? It's not, See, it's not Nike. Said. See, that's the it's thing. So that's the rub. Uh, gosh. It's an audio podcast, Lynn. It's helpful if you talk. Oh, I want to say it's a billion dollars. It's got to be a billion dollar. Is it still a billion dollar company? Is it a billion dollar company? That's the question. I think it is. Well, it's New Balance. Gosh, I'm gonna. Oh, I'll say five billion. Five billion dollars. Wait, what was your number, Len? Billion. Five billion. Five billion. Billion. That's a big number. You said million, right? 
OG? You said million. You said 794 million. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say five billion. Brad, that's a wide goalpost right there. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, trying to split the difference here, certainly. So are, is this prices right rules or is it just no. closest? We used to do prices right rules and we had uh, Florida man got angry at us Ooh. for doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So I was debating somewhere between one and a half billion and two billion. So I'm going to split it right in the middle. 1.75 billion. 1.75 billion. Yeah. All right. We've got uh, six. What, what was is it? 674, Doug? Was OGs? Uh, well, no, not even close. Seven, 794. <laughs> 794. Nice dyslexia, yes. Joe. First thing for this dad to lose is his memory. 5 billion for Len and uh, 1.75 for Brad. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we'll do that in just a second. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones. And we all know they're pretty amazing, but they can also be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. Oh, God. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. U.S. Cellular, a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Hey, Staggers is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Oh, gee, you, I'm never going to remember what your number was, but uh, it was the smallest one. So how you feel? How you feeling about that number? I don't know if it's a tiny company. I've, I got a lot of space from about a billion two down. So Well, now that everybody's locked in, Doug did say it was the fifth largest shoe manufacturer. Fifth, number five. That doesn't help. So uh, Len, how you feeling? You've got this five billion upside. If it's 20 billion, you've got it. Uh, I don't know. I the, the New Balance was a nice touch. I mean, if you just said Nike, I think it had been a little more easier. But well, uh, yeah, New Balance, who knows? The drop between the top and the fifth, it could be huge. Like millions of dads can't be wrong. So you could be right. Say, Nike doesn't make the preeminent dad fashion statement. So I, we couldn't have gone there. Oh, okay. Brad, oh, this true. would be the first that uh, Team Paula has been in first place in a long time. I don't think uh, Paulette got her caught up uh, during her nine months here, but I don't remember the last time Paula was in the lead. So you feeling good? 
I'm feeling pretty good. Hopefully, this can be a graduation present to Paula. I actually just saw her in New York City right before she graduated. I so we'll saw see. that. That was awesome. Getting the, that band together. That was super yeah, cool. Yeah, that was super cool. All right. Let's do this, Doug. Who's writing this shindig? Hey there, stackers. I'm anti-dad sneaker and smack talker Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Hey, a quick question. How come dads say, you aren't going out, Matt, and yet... Then they'll wear just black socks with New Balance shoes and those awful dad jeans out to dinner. Well, if I've told you once, I've told you a hundred times, dad does what dad wants. What do you, what, do you think if all the other dads wore nice clothes, your dad would too? He taught you well that the world doesn't work that way, so let's get you your trivia answer. The dad shoe trend, now popular with teenagers and influencers, has moved all the way down to the fifth largest shoe brand in the U.S., New Balance. In fact, there are even dad influencers playing up the popular sneaker. So, OG, there's an opportunity for you right there for a few extra bucks. All this time you've been wearing that stuff for free. My trivia question is, with the New Balance fashion trend on the rise, how much revenue is New Balance anticipated to earn in 2023? Well, I'll tell you this. That OG was off by just $6.2 billion, and Brad was off by about $5.25 billion. Len came in the closest, being off by just $2 billion, because they are anticipated to earn about $7 billion in 2023. Congratulations, Len! Len Penzo. I think that's appropriate, considering I'm the granddaddy of the dads here, so, yeah. uh, yes. Got the most time in the saddle. Yes, that's right. So the next time Len says, get off my lawn... <laughs> He could follow it up with, because do you know who I am? I'm the Father's Day trivia winner. It's exactly who I am. Congratulations, Len, by the way. It's a nice cherry on top. And uh, yeah. Sorry, Paula. Brad, you were, but it's no big deal. Paula's never in the lead, so <laughs> no pressure there at all, Brad. Hey, Brad, speaking of that, let's move into the second half of the show. Second half of the show is brought to you by DepositAccounts.com. You know what happens at DepositAccounts.com? Brad Barrett? No, tell me. You find out that that brick and mortar bank where you've been looking at CD rates, savings account rates, checking account rates, probably straight right now. In fact, we are recording this just over a week before it's live. And uh, how about a checking account paying 2.3% APY? Savings accounts, top 1% average is 4.4 CD rates on a one-year CD of 5.32 versus a national average of 3.33. They compare and contrast all of them just give you top to bottom at depositaccounts.com. All right, let's dive into what what are we teaching our kids? Brad, when when you started thinking about how you're going to teach your kids about money, let's talk about philosophy first. Like what did you set out to teach your kids? And then follow-up questions going to be how is that differed from what you've actually been able to do? Yeah, so I definitely set out to normalize the conversation around money. That was something that was always hush-hush, and we can't talk about that for no reason whatsoever other than people just don't talk about money. But why? Money is such an important part of our lives and such an important tool. I wanted my girls to be involved in that. My wife and I, we sat down pretty early and said, like, this is something that is essential, and our girls need to know this. And it has to be age-appropriate, right? Like, if I sat down and started teaching them about EBITDA and stock buybacks and things when they're four years old, they're going to laugh me out of the room, right? Amortization table. Yeah, seriously. We have done a pretty good job of of this over the years. This is like one of those kind of feathers in our caps as parents. 
frankly, like I've taken the lead on this and my girls are actually really interested. I try to find ways. I mentioned earlier that my older daughter is a roller coaster enthusiast. So I know she's in, in good company here. I have built multiple lessons around actually uh, Cedar Fair, which is a, a big owner of 11 parks, uh, Cedar Point obviously being the, the most famous one, but uh, King's Dominion that I mentioned earlier is one of them. And my daughter is actually a shareholder now oh, of cool. Cedar Fair. Yeah, I've just, I built all of these lessons around it in terms of this is how physically you buy stocks on Vanguard to we dove into their annual reports and she was able to see in the footnotes, how many acres of land there were still undeveloped at King's Dominion. So, I mean, diving deep into this to, we actually reached out to the general manager of the park. I introduced my daughter as a 14-year-old shareholder and a roller coaster enthusiast. And now they've actually met in person and have a relationship. And it's wonderful. And like my daughter gets to ask these questions that she has about the industry and such to this incredibly successful woman who is the GM of our local park. And it's just, it, it has exceeded my expectations in terms of, wow, I set out to teach her lessons and it, it really spiraled into something extraordinary. Does she get any free perks though? That's what everybody's <laughs> asking. She is not getting any free perks yet, but she has uh, gotten escorted to the, the line with this wonderful woman who's the general manager. So yeah, nothing free, but cool stuff nonetheless. That is super cool. And just to get nerdy for just a second, she also gets to learn then, Brad, what a pain in the ass Cedar Fair stock is because it's a partnership and you get a K-1 for that crap. Yeah. That's the first thing that I thought about when you said <laughs> it. I was like, enjoy the K-1, brother. <laughs> Seriously, I didn't, I didn't realize that until she started telling me it's a unit holder. Yeah, and not a shareholder. I'm like, what? What does that mean? And why oh, do you yeah, keep saying department. that? That's a that's a weird way to say shareholder. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah please don't say that, huh? Uh, Len, how about you? Working with your kids, what do you think? Um, same question. My God, it's it's so hard. I mean, there's so many lessons you can tell your kids. I'm trying to think. Well, what's one do I want to give? You know, I'm going to go a little off. You know, just something that might other people might not think that's I think very valuable that I taught my kids. And that's before you leave the house, learn how to cook. And the reason for that is, as I see a lot of these younger, you know, 20 somethings, they eat out all the time. They grab fast food. They don't cook at home. They're renting or they don't cook wherever they're living. They're renting or whatever. You know, I've told my kids, I mean, I've showed them how much money we save by not going out to eat every day. Then when you throw in the leftovers and you eat those leftovers, you save so much money. That is... I mean, that'll give you such a head start when you're young that it's not even funny. And, and the other thing is I, I told my son too, is if you learn how to cook and you don't, I'm not saying be a chef or anything like that, but just be competent in the kitchen. You know, girls love that. You know, uh, uh, what young lady doesn't love a, a man who cooks, you know? So, I mean, it, it just kind of helps everything, it helps the romance and it helps the love life, but it helps your pocketbook as well. So, and it's something that's really simple to do. Do your kids you just have both to learn? Cook? Do your kids both cook? Yes. Yes. They both cook. And they're both, my son is just amazing. He's just an amazing cook. Just throwing things out of the, taking things out of the refrigerator and whipping things up. It's just, you know, it's great. I saw how well Len cooks, which is why my financial independence goal is to live next to Len. That is, <laughs> that's the one thing I have not Thank achieved you, yet. Financial <laughs> independence is fine. Living next to Len on the way. So he can feed me all the time. OG, how about you? A good lesson for your kids? I was thinking about um, Len cooking for me. 
this would be worth a trip in and of itself. So he's going to lend me money and I get to eat at his house. Like, how great is this? Is Len the cook or is it Honeybee? I want to know. I keep hearing about the food at his house, but. It's me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Impressive. Respect. So uh, for our kids, the thing that I want to teach our kids is that saving money is awfully stupid and owning money, owning assets, owning things, owning companies is the best way to go. And I drove this home for years as they have, you know, the kids' savings accounts, right? You can go to the credit union, open a kids' savings accounts, and I would make a big show of, hey, the quarterly statements here, come on down, you've got mail, let's take a look, oh, look, you have $161 in your savings account, and they gave you a penny, all right! <laughs> and even at, Brad's talking about age-appropriate stuff, even at, like, you know, seven, they go, that's awful, Dad. <laughs> like, like, I don't get that at all. There's gotta be something better, and it's like, like funny, you should ask. And uh, longtime <laughs> listeners of the show know that we used to very uh, avidly recommend Stockpile as an investment company for new young investors because of the way that they structured it around brands and owning. Don't do that now. Uh, yeah, don't do it now. Well, I'll mention that in a second. But it was really well designed at the beginning because it showed kids, hey, I'm not buying Microsoft. I'm buying an Xbox. You know, I'm buying part of Xbox and it doesn't take very long or, you know, just one share of Microsoft and you get paid $2 of dividends. Now you go, well, $2 ain't anything either. You're right. But it's a magnitude multiplier compared to one, one cent against the bank. And so we worked really hard to help the kids understand, you know, not that necessarily the impact of compounding and all that other sort of stuff, which is really tough to understand even as adults, but rather be the person that owns stuff not the person that lends lends money to uh, to places like just setting aside in the bank. Sadly, uh, we don't really recommend a stockpile anymore because they added a whole bunch of fees and costs and made it pretty untenable to do business with them. But with the advent of partial share ownership at Fidelity and Schwab and all that other sort of stuff, you can kind of accomplish the same thing. So still do it wherever you are. Yeah, yeah, good stuff there. Anybody else, uh, uh, Brad? You're nodding your head. Yeah, I was going to say, OG, when you said it first that saving money isn't good, or at least that's how I heard it. I'm like, what, what, where's he going with this? Yeah. But then spend very it. clearly, I'm like lens dad, <laughs> right. spend it all. YOLO <laughs> <laughs> coming in, coming out lattes for everybody. Right. Yes. <laughs> because clearly you were talking about obviously have a savings rate, but then use it to purchase small percentages of wonderful businesses. By the best companies in the world. Absolutely. Exactly. And that definitely the advice that I echo with, with my girls. And I, I think the savings rate is something I know that's uh, a big deal in my financial independence world. And, and we don't try to get into like the keeping up with the Joneses of, of the FI world of, oh, I have a 52% savings rate while Bam. you only have. Right. You've only got 51, right? But for me, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But for my girls, we've set up basically three different buckets. They get the closest thing, closest analog to an allowance, where every week we give them some money, but it's not because they did chores. It's just because we think them having financial skills are important. We break it up into spending, saving, and giving. Because I want to prioritize saving, we basically say, okay, 50% of it has to go to saving. And now, obviously, that's a little heavy handed. But nevertheless, I think that's essentially if you save 50% of your income, you're going to have a successful financial life, period, hard stop, end of story. You can more or less screw everything else up other than not you know, investing in valuable businesses. Then but from there, Brad, the other. But Brad, if your kids leave home 
And they're like, yeah, I'm a slacker. I'm only saving 35%. (laughs) Well, that'll be right. That'll shoot for the moon, right? (laughs) Like how awesome, how awesome is that? Everybody's looking at They're like, you're what, what? No, I only save 35%. My dad taught (laughs) me to save 50 and I just can't keep doing it. Like how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the plan. And then obviously spending money is important. The fact that they've saved money and as part of this, of this spending bucket means they can splurge on things. And sometimes that means things that I wouldn't necessarily buy. Like when we went to yet another amusement park, when we went to Universal Studios, my daughter very nearly pulled the trigger on a $300, whatever it was, lightning lane pass or fast pass, whatever it was. And there was $300 for one day, but she was dying to go on this Velocicoaster 27 oh. times. And she very nearly did it. It, it wound up, her band trip uh, didn't take us there where it, it didn't work out perfectly. But that was her choice. And that's pretty cool, I think, to be able to say, look, spending is important in life. It really is. What does she value and spend money on that? Exactly. Yeah. And if she wants to spend a lot of money on that, that's fantastic. You know, on that note too, one thing that I had to be careful with was my parents never let me make big mistakes with money. And that's something that changed between my parents and me. I would let my kids make some mistakes and just, I would put on my calendar to circle back a week later and say, how did that work for you? You know, give them a little bit of money so that they can make some, even at seven, eight years old, nine years old, a little bit more money than they maybe should have. And when they go to Target, they're like, oh, can I have that? Well, you've got your money. Do you want that? Let them mess up with seven or $8 so they don't end up like me in college getting the credit card and, and uh, running it up because you know, I'm making $100 mistakes then instead of, uh, instead of seven, $8 mistakes. Len, did you, let's talk about allowances for just a second. I know we've done separate shows on this, so I don't want to spend a lot of time. Do you do allowances for your kids? I don't remember. Did you? Um, they had to work for their money. So they had a ledger book. I think we've talked about this before oh, on the show. Oh, we did. Now I remember. I gave yeah. them a ledger book and certain chores were certain amounts of money. They did the chores and we signed off on it and they built their savings. They could see it right in the ledger book. And they could actually take loans against their future work if they wanted to. And I paid I paid interest on the money that they had accumulated and they owed me interest on the loans that they took. On. So, loan shark, so yeah, man. it wasn't that simple. Yeah, no, damn. I did not give them an allowance. They had to work. Len shows up with a baseball bat at his kid's high school job. <laughs> <laughs> he hired it out, I think. I, yeah, a dead fish uh, wrapped up in a newspaper at, uh, right outside my kid's bedroom door. Hey, there's a horse head in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Uncle Lenny's here to collect. So, so horrible. I think, I think for all of us being open about money though, I know that all three of you being much more open, how many of you, uh, in terms of like the family meeting about money, have the kids in on the family meeting? I know we did that with our kids when they were available. They, they'd look through our bills with us. You guys do the same, Brad, you're nodding. Yeah. We've never overtly done that. Cause we don't actually have that. My wife and I don't do that meeting. We just have like a quarterly checkup when we do our, our quarterly net worth. But yeah, that's something that we definitely should include them in. But I, I think, I, again, age appropriate. I've tried to yeah. let them in on more information because, again, I, I don't want this to be a secret. I think they do need to understand, hey, how much does life cost? All of these things that are magically appearing when you turn on a light switch or run the water, you actually have to pay for those darn things, right? Or yeah. a couple of years back, we bought some rental properties in Georgia. And when I told them about them, that we own houses in Georgia that people live in, they were flabbergasted. They could not believe it. And they had so many questions. It was really great because they were actually interested. And then I started talking about about the investment and it was yet another one of those kind of spontaneous lessons that I didn't sit down and overtly plan out, but it just it again it worked better than I could have expected because 
I'm just kind of dripping this stuff to them. And yeah. I feel like if I would have started that at five, they would have been no. bored to tears. We started off with, uh, I realized one time I was complaining a lot about the utility bill because I would come home and every late in the house would be on. And of course, nobody's inside, right? We had three TVs. All three TVs are on. The lights are all on. The doors are open. Nobody's paying attention to anything. So instead of complaining, I turned it into a game and we took out some graph paper. And when at the time the bill would come, we would chart. And my kids actually got more fired up about the utility bill than I was. I remember I walked out of the room once while there was some sporting event on and I come back in the room and the TV's off. I'm like, what's going on? And my daughter's (laughs) like, you left the room. You got to turn the TV off when you leave the room. I'm like, how great is that? Although Autumn, you got to relax a little. You're like, (laughs) those (laughs) those rules don't apply to dad. <laughs> Don't, yeah, that's right. Doesn't no, whoa, whoa, easy. Those are Do for as everybody I say, else. Not that's as right. No, I was very happy, and the utility bills went down without complaining, and everybody was on board. Uh, letting them in on the on the money meetings. OG, do you do that? Yeah, no, not really. It's uh, I, I make the kids figure out the tip when we go out for dinner. I mean, it's not that complicated, right? You just move the decimal point, multiply by two, like. Like yeah, the kids to, are like, try, what's 3%? Multiply by 0. 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> I make sure they do the it's math horrible. right. I don't, I don't let them shortchange the, the server team. No. But we do stuff like that. My oldest son was really worried about taxes one day. I remember he's like, how do you know how to pay taxes? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Like, this sucks. And like, there's there's no hope for you or any of us for that matter, because it's a big, giant mystery. You just... You know, you take all this stuff and send it to a guy and he sends you an email back and says, this is how much you owe. Except you just, the government knows. And if you get it wrong, there's a penalty. Yeah. That's the kind of yeah. highbrow learning that happens at OG's house right there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more, the stuff that we spend time talking about is much more around like entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. You know, like just the idea of like you, Brad, we had a rental property in Michigan and the kids just were just mind, they just, they're like, we own an apartment building. I'm like, well, we don't own anything. I own it. You know, your mom by default owns half of it, but, but you don't own anything, man. Like settle down. Like we talk about that stuff a lot. Like you want your own stuff, go get it. Dad's got his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a classic dad lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are my so. new balance shoes. <laughs> exactly. Don't you dare wear those. I think, guys, that's uh, looking at the clock. That's a good place to leave it. There's always so many things that we teach our kids, and I know you guys well enough to know where there's a lot more where, where that came from. But I think we'll stop right there. Let's find out what's happening where each of you are at. OG, big plans for Father's Day weekend? Yeah, this will come as a shock to you, but I'm playing in a golf tournament this weekend. <laughs> that's weird. He's answered the same thing like seven weeks in a row, I feel like. Yeah. Yes, that's yep, great. Yep. And then next week, early in the week, I leave to go to Ohio to play in a golf tournament. Golf. Play in another <laughs> golf tournament. And then uh, and then Northern Michigan for the summer. So uh, let's do it. Mr. Penzo, you got big plans for Father's Day weekend? Uh, actually, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stay home and Fabulous. Uh, watch the U.S. Open, I guess. How's that? That is fantastic. I mean, if that's yeah. if that's what Dad wants to do, yeah, what's going it's on? It's my at, week. It's my sure, week. Bring right, it. My weekend. What's going on at lentpenzo.com? Oh, it's uh, heck. Uh, who knows what's going on at Lent there right now? <laughs> uh, stop on by, and uh, you can find it. Let's see. Did I? Yeah, I, I talked about the ethics of family last week. Yeah, uh, just to stop on by. Heck, I don't know. Just uh, lentpenzo.com. It's it's probably just the the the. The inane stuff in finance. That's what I'm talking about usually over there. So the offbeat stuff. 
offbeat. I, oh, there's one thing I was weird. To, does anybody still write checks? Does anybody still write checks for any bills? Did you just raise your hand? Yeah, I definitely Brad? I write checks. Oh, okay. Checks. So we are talking about what happens when you there's a lost check. Should you stop payment or not? That that's an interesting little topic we're talking about right now for the ten people left in America that still write checks to pay their bills. Is that this is an actual question? It's riveting. <laughs> See, Brad, this is why I always ask I always ask Joe to never let me follow Paula Pant. Because right. Paula Pant's always like, Well, I've got the Nobel Prize winner from blah blah blah. And then oh hey Lynn, what are you doing? I'm talking about whether which ice cream is better. <laughs> we did a blind taste yeah, right. test of three ice creams. Which yeah. I'll take that, Len. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the only guy in this panel. I actually sweat every time Joe asks me the question, <laughs> what are you doing with your blog? Mr. Barrett, thank you so much for hanging out with us. That was a blast. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, and you are headed to King's Dominion. We already know. I suspect strongly. Yeah, probably hit up the uh, our neighborhood pool, which is another another family favorite for the summer. So yeah. Now, I know you and I also share a love of board games. Do you get the girls to play board games with you too? Yeah, we've kind of died down a little bit. We actually, uh, have you ever played Dominion, the yes. deck building game? Yes. Yeah, so that was our favorite game of all time. We probably played it. 2000 times and it might have burned us out on board games forever (laughs) like and no i'm never playing again yeah so yeah we're in a a little bit of a lull right now well what isn't in a lull is the choose fi podcast what's coming up man what do you guys got on tap yeah i mean everything's rocking and rolling we actually have some uh potentially interesting news i actually uh, i see jonathan now our good friend uh more than i ever have before because we work out four times a week together so we've been kind of plotting a little bit of fun about uh maybe totally revamping our website and Ooh. maybe having him come back to the podcast in some Ooh. way shape or form yeah so this maybe it's i'm not trying to be coy here because we just we've been talking about it this week but get on my newsletter chooseofi.com slash subscribe there might be some insider access there. So again, not trying to be coy. That's just literally what, where we are as of this moment. Breaking news on the Stacking Benjamin show. Awesome. Maybe a return of Jonathan. I would, if I were you, Brad, I'd block him. I'd block that guy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. That's Stay right. Away. Whoa. Hey, you left, man. Your problem. Uh, we will link to Choose FI. We, we will link to uh, Lempenzo.com and all the goodness that we talked about today on our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com. Man, so much. But Doug, happy Father's Day to you too, my friend. What should we have learned today? Thanks, Joe. First, take some advice from our all-star dad panel and teach your kids to be fully functioning, fashion-forward adults. Second, you know, sometimes giving your kids advice can backfire, like telling your kid to buy into a partnership, so now you got to teach them about K-1s. Nobody can understand that crap. But the big lesson... Is it me or does every dad on earth say, what's the damage every time they get a bill? Well, the damage has been done here, people. Damage done. Happy Father's Day, dads. Thanks to Brad Barrett for hanging out with us today. You'll find his podcast, Choose FI, wherever you're listening to me right now. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash don't ask me for money. I'm retired. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of The Military Money Show, 
with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to the after show, the part of the show that doesn't exist. I asked you guys a question before we hit record, which is some good stories about some funny, maybe not great stuff that your dad may have done. Some dad, you know, we're all becoming our dads, those uh, progressive commercials that we we all love. Uh, but anybody got a good story about uh, maybe your dad doing something? Len? Well, I, you know, there was the time... <laughs> Our lawn was looking really bad. My dad didn't have a 
a green thumb with the lawn and it was it was pretty dead and one of the neighbors came over and was just just ribbing him about the lawn how it looked like total crap I mean, it was dead. It was brown. I mean, it was bad. So the next day, he went to the paint store and bought some green paint. And he literally painted the lawn green. That's fantastic. I played a golf course with OG that that they did that, too. Oh, really? That's right. Is it really? Yeah, it was down in Austin. Middle of summer in Austin. Brad, you got any dad stories? Joe, I'm uh, mortified. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. We'll give you a few more minutes then. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> we will. We, yeah. An hour wasn't I, long enough. We'll do that. I actually have a story about Doug's dad hanging out with uh, Doug's dad, who is a great guy. And it was always I can't fun. wait to hear this. So, Brad, speaking of board games, you know the game Ticket to Ride. Yeah, of course. So I come over to Doug's and Doug residence, and his uh, dad decides to play this board game. Len, have you played Ticket to Ride? No. So the concept of the game is you're laying these trains to try to connect them between cities oh, on the cool. board and you get you get these things called tickets and the tickets have numbers on them which which represent a number of points you're going to get if you connect these two cities. So if I connect San Francisco with Seattle using these plastic trains, I'll get X number of points. Well, so I explained the game and Doug's dad is like, "Yeah, okay, we're good to go." I'm like, he was so confident And so he just immediately, you put these sets of colors together because across the board, there's like sets of red. And if you play three reds, you lay three trains between two cities or five greens or whatever. He's collecting them like a ninja, getting the sets. He's laying them down. He's playing the, he's playing the things. He's got trains going all over the place. We get two thirds of the way through the game and he goes, Hey, Joe, I just got one question. I'm like, yeah. He goes, what are these ticket things for? He's just randomly randomly (laughs) laying trains all over the board. And we realized two thirds of the way through the game that Doug's dad had no idea what the hell we were. I'm sure it had nothing to do with Joe's explanation of how to play the game. Because if you've ever done a game night with Joe, it's like, yeah, so here's the rules. And then about a third of the way through, it's like, oh, wait, hold on. So I forgot to tell you, you're supposed to collect all these first. Looks like I have them all. Thank you, um, OG. My bad. I I forgot to mention that. 20 minutes in, your eyes glaze over and you're like, can we just play around? And you explain you know what, it hey, while that's we're not, playing that's it. That's not easy. You know, me and the honeybee almost got into, into a divorce. We got a divorce almost two weeks ago because I was trying to teach her how to play euchre. And she, I mean, <sighs> she how, she whoa. was so frustrated by the I time I- euchre in 25 how years. How do you know euchre, Len? That's a Midwest game. My folks are from the Midwest, Ohio. That's t- <laughs> Oh, actually, it's not even that common in Ohio. It's more like Michigan, Wisconsin. I don't even remember how to play. That's cool. It's common to my folks. It's the same as Crazy Eights, but different. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's difficult to try to explain it. I I mean, the honeybee, she was mad. She was so mad at me. I mean, she, oh. Yeah. I thought, I thought Lem was going to say, I was trying to get her to learn Twister. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing strip poker and <laughs> only one of us is naked. Come on. <laughs> OG, a dad story for us? Uh, so two things. Number one, I would like to make a plug for the book, uh, Bleep My Dad Says. My Dad Says. Shh, my dad says it's, um, I thought pretty funny, um, disclaimer, haven't read it in 10 years, but I remember it being very funny. I remember thinking this is what like literally it was like to live in my house when I was a kid, but, um, my grandparents lived on a farm in Michigan and every, every weekend, just about, we'd go out to the farm to do stuff, whether it was sit around and watch dad and grandpa drink beer or shoot guns or drive tractors or mow the grass or 
help grandma plant beans or who knows what we're going to do. We, we just always were out there and especially in the summertime. And, and as we got older, we got to drive and it was a big farm. So we could get in the car and like, or the truck and just drive around my brother and I, and we're driving in the back 40. And I decide it's a really great idea to grab the bottom of the steering wheel and see what happens if I turn it as fast as I can in one direction. Oh, which so good. In case you wonder, you end up with a mouthful of dirt and your brother on top of you. And, um, so good. So we, we rolled the pickup truck in the back 40, flipped it back over by ourselves. How we did it is beyond me and, you know, drove cautiously back and parked it. So you couldn't tell, I mean, it was a truck beat to hell. So it wasn't like we made, we dented it. It was already dented and rusted and whatever. We were like, whoo, pinky swear. I'm not saying anything if you don't say anything, right? Nobody's going to get in trouble on this deal. Fast forward, probably 30 years. My dad says something just off the cuff, like, well, like the time you two idiots rolled the pickup truck in the woods. <laughs> and I go, what? And like, you know, like only, only you can with your dad with a big grin on your face. Like my son does to me. What dad? Oh, what do you mean? Rolled the truck. <laughs> and he's like, you think grandpa and I didn't know what you idiots did over there? Of course we could tell, you know, we knew exactly what happened, but we figured you learned your lesson. So we weren't going to talk about it. So I just thought it was, uh, a funny time for him to pull that out, you know, 30 years after the event or he something He waited like that. to play that card forever. Well, yeah, I don't know that he waited. I think it just, it just, you know, we got in so much damn trouble over there. It was, it was the least of our, <laughs> least of his worries. That was minor on the that whole was a minor of things. Rolling, yeah, a truck yeah. was- Rolling trucks was a minor issue. Absolutely. <laughs> Brad, how about you? Any uh, dad fun? Yeah. So we've been talking board games and I'm thinking back on... My dad was so competitive when it came to everything. Oh. And I think he instilled that in me and my brother somehow. And my mom was like mortified in essence. Anytime we would play, we would play board games. She would be, she got steamrolled. And then for some reason, we, we had the bad idea to bring Monopoly, I think it was, or some oh, ridiculous no. game. Which that is always a ends game. in a fight. Yeah. A terrible idea, or it might have been Risk, which is even worse, over to <laughs> yeah. my aunt and uncle's house. And we played, it was me, my brother, and my dad. We played with my poor, innocent, younger cousin. And the poor kid was, I'm scarred for life. He literally, I've, I believe he has never played another board game ever again. <laughs> and it was like, we just, the Barretts came to town and all hell broke loose. <laughs> nice. It's like we did the uh, we did the Wild West episode earlier in the week. It's like Jesse James. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the game comes in and not good. I think uh, uh, I'd like to end with a story about my dad, which is my dad is a guy who, when he says something, his word is his bond. He looks you in the eye, shakes your hand. It's a firm handshake, and you can trust whatever he does, except one time. We were out doing some last-minute uh, shopping and uh because my dad always waited for the last minute for christmas and so he is ready to scream and every year he would take my brother and i and ask you think your mom be offended it was never will mom like this it was would she be offended if i got her an iron or would she be offended if i got her a like that was always the question i don't know because i'm like nine my brother's maybe seven and so uh so we didn't know but before we went this particular my dad my dad grabs us we go shopping and we go to Pizza Hut because we're all starving before we go I shopping. Love this story. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so my dad, my dad, we get done with this delicious, uh, you know, supreme pan pizza and the salad, whatever. And and we get done and the bill comes. And my dad just 
reaches back and to his pocket and gets this kind of weird look on his face. I didn't know what was going on. Cause once again, I'm like nine. And then he reaches over to his coat and he goes through one pocket and he goes through the other pocket. And then he, and then he just kind of gets this like far off look in his face. And then he leans across the table and he goes, Hey, Tony, to my little brother, my brother's like, yeah, dad. He goes, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in the bathroom and I'd like you to count to 10 and then come out of the bathroom. Don't look at our table and just go right out to the car and get in the back seat. My brother's like, why, why, why would I do that? And my dad's like, don't ask what, just do it. So my brother goes in the bathroom. My dad and I are sitting there. I have no idea what the heck's going on. And then after my brother apparently counts to 10, he doesn't even look. He, it, it, it's pretty obvious that he's not looking at us, by the way. Like he just is pretending he doesn't have any idea who we are. <laughs> walks right out the door, gets in the back seat of the car. My dad always left the car unlocked. And so my dad looks out the window, sees that, leans over to me and goes, uh, hey, Joey, I want you to go in the bathroom. <laughs> I want you to count to 10 and uh, don't, don't look at me. Then just go right. Out. I'm like, dad, what's going on? He's like, just, just, just do it. And so I go in the bathroom, I count to 10 and go out to the back seat, sit next to my brother. My brother's like, what's going on? I'm like, I got no idea. All of a sudden the pizza hut door comes flying open. My dad's <laughs> hightailing it out because we're dining and dashing. <laughs> Forgot his wallet. Oh man. And of all the ways to solve that problem, my dad was always really good. Is, is still really good at problem solving out of all the ways that was the worst way he could have ever thought to solve that problem. So he taught you a lesson in a very unconventional way. Yeah, don't don't forget your wallet. Here's what's not to do. Do not forget your wallet.